Action Park Media. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Blood. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. Making his third appearance on American Glutton, one of the most knowledgeable people on diet and exercise that I know, Dr. Spencer Nadolsky, the meme doctor himself. We've talked about the topic of maintenance on this show, but I go deep with him and hear his expertise. You can find him on Instagram at Dr. Nadolsky. Dr. Spencer Nadolsky, welcome back to the American Glutton Podcast. The third time. This is the third. This is the third time. You are our second most recurring guest after Mike Isratel. Screw him. Screw yeah. Dr. Mike. <laughs> We're going to beat him. We're going to beat him. He's moving very far away to Michigan, and you and I live in the same state. So I'm moving to North Carolina in August, though, so Jeez. we better hang out before. Why? Wife's a Navy doctor. So. Okay. All yeah. right. Yeah, they don't force us. To I don't have a choice. Here. Yeah. San, San Diego, big Navy, and now the Carolinas are, yeah, big Navy towns. Is she yeah. going to be a doctor to the Navy SEALs? Uh, no, she's a baby doctor. She takes oh. care of the, the SEALs babies. Basically. Oh, that's cool. That yeah. sounds classified. Yeah. As long as some aspect of her job is classified, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's right. Um, okay. I want to talk to you about m- maintenance. And I think it's um, one thing that it's fine that I am personally a, a big advocate for maintenance and the way that it has kind of magically changed my life. I'm very, very happy with. Um, But that said, I'm not a doctor. And so I want to get into some specifics with you um, about the process of maintenance, when people should be doing maintenance, because like I talk to people who, who have been doing a diet and are like, I've lost a hundred pounds and it's now grinding. What do I do? And I'm like, do maintenance dude and they're like no i just want to get through this right and so there's a lot going on there there's a real you know i mean i can't i'm you handle this This is your practice so i'm sure you see it a lot it's very counterintuitive to what somebody who finally wakes up and goes like i'm done i'm gonna make a change and then you go okay the first thing or you know the second thing or wherever you throw maintenance in as a baseline is we're going to take a moment of just maintaining our weight. This is like, what? Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's a psychological component. Of course, the physiologic component that uh, may partially drive that psychological component too, but yeah, people, you know, whatever their goal was um, if they have a lot of weight to lose, like in your case, they get to a point where they're, they're losing, 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 and they're used to losing for a long period of time to where it feels weird to not try to lose more weight. Right. I mean, if you can explain your experience, that's, that's the psychological component that I hear from my patients. They're like, this is weird. This is not, I don't, I don't feel right. I need to keep going. 
checking the scale on maintenance is a disappointment no matter what the scale does. If the scale goes down, I'm disappointed. If the scale goes up, I'm tragically disappointed. And if the scale stays the same, I'm disappointed. And my intention, you know, my actions and what I'm telling myself I want to happen is the scale to stay the same. Um, it, 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 there's so much to kind of work through. And it, it did take... Um, a long time and a couple of maintenance periods. And then it actually took um, Jared feather who started programming me. And this was after I'd been kind of doing that for a while, but I was having a tough time getting under 10% body fat. And he took over. He was like, I'm going to write your plan. And the first thing he did was he basically stopped me from counting calories he put me on a plan where it was like, here's the, here's what your meal should look like. You're going to have four meals and you're going to have this many ounces of protein and it can be any lean protein you want. And, 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 and at first I was like, but I don't know how many calories that is. And he was like, that's okay. And yeah. this was very hard for me. Cause I was like, no, I'm, I'm adding up all the fat in my chicken breast and counting that as my total. Yeah. And he said, no, you're not going to do that anymore. And then it took like a year of me doing that to where now today maintenance, I'm not thinking about anything really. And it's, and it's fine. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm a human being. I'm a real guy, which is also so weird, but I still don't want to see a static number on the scale. Like I want to, and I don't at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, you know, it's similar to like strength training. You're seeing your numbers going up, you're getting, you're getting PRs, you know, um, with the scale, with the patients, people losing weight, they're like, Oh, I lost another pound this week. Good. So now all of a sudden you shift the goal to, yeah, you want to keep within that five pound or so range, you know, five to 10 pounds, whatever, but in general, about five pounds or so. Uh, and th- that psychological you don't see those wins but the win is like you said is keeping it the same right. so it, it is it is quite a trick again like the biggest thing for me is with, with patients they they're kind of on this dieting wheel there gets to be a point where they're not losing weight anyway anymore and the perceived we call it the perceived effort they're putting a lot of effort they may be eating a lot more calories than they think at this point but they're putting in a t- ton of effort they're in this dieting mindset to where you just remove them from that and they may eat a little bit more um, than they were, but you remove that dieting mindset and all of a sudden they can relax. Of course, it doesn't mean just go eat pizza and, and burgers and just, you know, uh, without any regard to your caloric intake, you're, you're using the RP method, which is what I, I really like it because people get so fixated on those numbers, you know, the numbers on the scale, the numbers on their MyFitnessPal or whatever app that they're using. And you switch it to just, focus on a good dietary pattern, what you're doing. And there's still some precision in there, but it's not so much precision that you're playing Tetris with your, my fitness pal, you know, focusing on, on, on those on detailed numbers. Yes. Going in. So. in fairness, when I say I'm not counting anything, that's not totally true. The thing that fluctuates, my fats fluctuate a little bit. So I, I, I actually never know exactly how much fat I'm eating day to day because I'm allowed to have a variety of lean meats. 
The mm-hmm. only thing I'm aware of from whether I'm cutting or in maintenance or, or trying to build muscle is kind of these ancillary things. So the things I'm actually paying attention to are, are accessory fats and yeah. my total carbs. My total yeah. carbs are really the thing that move in, in broad strokes, whether I'm losing weight, maintaining weight, or trying to build muscle. And, and so, but that is so easy to track, you know, like yeah. uh, if it's you get one potato it, or two potatoes. Yeah. Right. If you get used to that style of eat, I mean, the thing is most people eat just shit food. Like, so it's kind of, it's kind of hard for somebody sometimes to switch to that in the beginning because they're so used to eating whatever type of ultra processed foods. And it's like, yeah, technically you can eat those and still lose weight, but ideally we'd have you eating a, 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 a more satiating dietary pattern while in the portions that will help you lose weight uh, and obviously keep it off at, at one point, but then you get so used to that. Then you can just, you, you're losing weight, losing weight, losing weight. And then all you have to do is adjust it up by you know a few hundred calories, depending on the person. It could be a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, but um, you just adjust it up by, like you said, you're having one potato as you're losing weight. Then all of a sudden you have two potatoes. And now the, the thing is what people do is they go, all right, I met my goal weight. Now I'm just going to go back to what I was doing before. And that's, that's, that's the recipe for weight regain. And you have to have some uh, restraint while not feeling super restricted anymore. You, you get your energy back up, you get off the dieting mindset a little bit. Uh, and that's really the key to the maintenance. Yeah. I, I don't know if um, my take is strictly anecdotal. It is probably strictly anecdotal, but I, 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 I posit this is what other people go through too, which is not fully fleshed out or thought through, but this idea that once I get to my weight, whatever situation that I was experiencing that got me to the previous weight that I was, that I'm now working against will be resolved. And yeah. it's, it's just a matter of weight loss. And it took me a good 15 plus years to actually go, you know, th- the act of losing weight is really pretty simple, right? The other thing, how I got to be the weight that I didn't want to be, un, un, taking that apart, f- figuring out workarounds to going back to that, that's the actual, that's the whole solution. That's the entire game. Yeah. Um, uh, and I found that the only part of dieting that assisted that was maintenance. Because yeah. di- dieting has nothing to do with life i mean it's it's just like getting to a place i i don't know it's like i can get to the gas station but can i put fuel in the tank what does it matter if you arrive to the gas station but you have no money or you have no car to put gas in like i don't know it's one of these things where it really and i don't even think it's the journey so much as with the dieting but it's like what are you going to change how are you going to un unwind all the bad habits or or how are you going to solve whatever you were dealing with, with food or sedentary lifestyle or whatever it is? I don't know what necessarily, I don't think it's always the same for people, but something got us to this state that we want to change. That's really the most important thing to figure out not doing again. Um, so 
based on that, I've, I've been running kind of scenarios in my head of like, well, what do you do in this situation? Because I think like if somebody is on a decent, uh, calorically restricted diet for a time period and then stalls and their and their adherence is a hundred percent because i've had that too um and it could even be a day or two of stalling where you're going like no i'm supposed to be losing a pound a day this is crazy why am i plateauing and then the diet would go like we'll have an apple day and now you're only eating apples and and then sure enough i lose my pound that day and i continue chuck chucking along an apple day what's an apple day an apple day is like literally i was on a super low calorie diet and it <laughs> and it literally had written like if you don't lose weight one day the next day you're only eating apples and you can oh eat as God. many as you want to break the plateau no there are these crazy like plateau busting things but i have talked to people who again claim a hundred percent adherence but are saying they're in uh, a plateau and I think with something like keto, a hundred percent adherence, it's it, for me, it's easy to plateau and not lose weight. I think that my suggestion in that case is like, well, you, you know, if you want to still be losing weight, you're probably just eating too much. Yeah. Um, too many calories. Yeah. But if you're on a low calorie diet and you hit a plateau, how do you even find maintenance or what maintenance is supposed to be? Because I, I would assume all the processes have slowed down. Your metabolism might've slowed down adaptive thermogenesis. Is that what it's called? Where yeah, meta- yeah. metabolic, metabolic thermogen- adaptation, adaptation yeah. and you're not mm-hmm. losing weight at the right rate. How, what, what does maintenance look like there? Yeah. So I'll explain kind of what happens. Um, all right. So, metabolic adaptations or adaptive thermogenesis is usually what people think is where you know, everybody's like your metabolism is going to crash if you go on a low calorie diet or a lower calorie diet. That's why diets don't work. Um, so let's say you're 300 pounds and you lose a hundred pounds, you get down to 200 pounds, right? The predict there's a prediction of how fast your or how high your metabolism or what your metabolism will be. Your your basal metabolic rate will be at that 200 pounds. With with somebody who loses weight though, the predict the predicted is a little bit higher than what it actually is. There's there seems to be a slight. It seems to be that people that lose that much weight have a slower metabolism or basal metabolic rate than what would be predicted. And they call that the adaptive thermogenesis or meta, some metabolic adaptations. Um, and it's, it's, it's in the range of five to 10%. The biggest loser, you know, my, my friend, Kevin Hall, he's this brilliant uh, physicist um, at the NIH. He's the one that kind of ran these with a few other uh, really smart guys. And they found these biggest losers who just did crazy stuff to lose the weight. They had much higher metabolic adaptations. Uh, but, for the most, most people that lose weight in a, in a normal fashion, uh, that's how it's supposed to be. It tends to be around this five to 10%, uh, uh, slower metabolic rate than what would be predicted. So, you know, let's say your, your metabolic rate was supposed to be 2000 calories a day, uh, basal metabolic rate. It ends up being more like 1900 or, you know, 1800 at the lowest. So it's, it's relevant but uh, even still, when they look at who maintains their weight loss, uh, that's not necessarily predictive of who's going to regain the weight. 
So um, people that regain the weight tend to go back to their old habits, like you were, like you were saying before. So when people start on that very low calorie diet though, and they feel that they're plateauing and I, I define a plateau as like, it's really got to be more like two to three weeks where nothing's changing, not now pounds on the scale, no ounces on the scale, no inches on the waist anywhere, nothing. In those cases, most people have not adapted to that. Uh, so you do it. So as you lose weight, I just want to mention too, as you lose weight, your metabolic rate goes down no matter what. It doesn't matter if you're lifting weights uh, and keeping your muscle. As you lose fat, your metabolic rate goes down. You have less mass on your body. Fat is actually metabolically active, not as much as muscle, but uh, it still is. So no matter what, even if you kept all your muscle and only lose, lost fat, you, your metabolic rate would go down just simply because you have less mass on your body. And then the metabolic adaptations are just slightly uh, slower before. But what happens with these very low calorie diets is that most people, honestly, God, they, they will say they're sticking to it 100%. Um, but physiologically, it's, it's impossible. They would, have, they, they would continue to lose weight if they were restricted from food. What happens is that, like I said kind of before, there's this kind of perceived effort. And they're not lying. People aren't lying uh, necessarily not intentionally. It's, it's that we're not fed in labs. We're, we're free living situations. There's subconsciously, we, we get slightly bigger portions. Um, uh, there, there are things that maybe we don't remember eating. And again, it's not intentionally lying. So again, the, you have to look at the time frame. If it's just in a few days and um, then you can have, you know, fluid fluctuations that can mask that change. But in like three to four, if someone says they're eating 800 calories in three to four weeks and they're like 250 pounds or 300 pounds and they're not losing weight, they're just simply not eating. They're eating much more than that. Um, and that doesn't mean they're a bad person or anything. It's just that uh, that's just it's just physics. You, you, you wouldn't be able to um, you, you can't hold on to mass when you're just not eating anything. Yeah, I think I, when you talk about two or three weeks, I remember three or four days yeah. going by and I would be utterly convinced I was on a plateau yeah. and, and that's when I would drop calories again or take a meal out or do an apple day or one of these, those damn apple days. I swear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it would work because I would then, you know, lose weight. Yeah. I would never make it three weeks when I'm on a diet that is, really painfully difficult um there's no way i'm making it three weeks with no change like yeah yeah. that's crazy you know right so yeah i mean the thing is the beautiful thing about your mindset now is my most successful patients and 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 including like you you're not a patient but um but very similar stories yeah an honorary Uh, patient honorary patient yeah you got this you have this now body composition mindset long-term mindset. You, 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 I can tell, I mean, you talk about your shift in your, in your mindset going like, I'm going to work on fitness too. I'm going to work on strength and muscle. The scale, this, I, I can tell the scale still bothers you once in a while. Um, and that's completely normal. But uh, when people shift that, you know, you had John Glaude on here, I don't know, a couple of times maybe, but um, very similar mindset, shifting to fitness, shifting to body composition, not just 
scale weight, um, powerful things happen. So yeah, you over three, three days, you, that's, that's frustrating. You're like, I'm busting my butt, but you know, defecation, you may be constipated. You may have stool in there. You, you maybe you worked out, maybe you started creatine, uh, cellular shifts of fluid could make it could just totally mask that. So that's why we, you know, you, you really should get something like a happy scale. I like happy scale. Uh, I know we do it with our RP app uh, too, but happy scale, if you're, if you're not using anything, it, it kind of, uh, or Libra, if you're, if you're an Android user, it, it kind of um, uh, evens out the fluctuation. So you're going every single day, but it, it kind of evens it out to where it shows the trend of, of your weight. So that over, you know, two or three weeks, you could, you can see like, if you're not losing weight over two or three weeks um, and you have a lot of weight to lose, there's something up. But, is, uh, is happy scale an app? Yeah. Happy scales. And it, it's a, it's an Apple app, but I, I like it a lot. I have all, a lot of my patients use that when they're just um, trying to lose weight without like the RP app or a coach or something like that. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to look at that. I don't know this app, but that'll be fun to yeah, track. Smooth, I imagine. I try, to, I try to create a graph in my mind and yeah. go like three weeks ago and look at it, but this will be greater. To yeah, no, no, get the app. I, I, yeah. I promise you, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll like this a lot more. It smooths out all the fluctuations to where it, it takes the frustration out a little bit. At least you can see a trend. Uh, yeah, th- th- it works. It works very well. Yeah. And I, I don't want to um, encourage people to lose weight or because you it's not real by uh reducing sodium but i noticed that whenever i um go deep into the hole with a diet i start salting the shit out of my food (laughs) and that too can play Mm -hmm. a masking role right um Mm -hmm. I i had a conversation with jared where i was like dude i am being a hundred percent and nothing's budging. And he started talking to me about salt. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm eating many grams of salt a day. And he was like, okay, let's reduce that. And then, you know, a few days later, there was like a a purge Mm -hmm. of, of, of water. Um, But then I, I was like, I want to hold on to this purge. And I stopped eating salt altogether. And I started getting lightheaded. And it was like, it's it's a whole thing. I'm not saying like, classic. Yeah, but like, that can be a thing like you, you start to lose some uh, kind of uh, sensation with your food, because it's, it's a less quantity. And so you try to increase that sensation with other places like flavor or salt or whatever. And and that can be a thing too. So if, if a guy, um, so basically my suggestion has always been, if you are going to do a maintenance period, Google, uh, uh, BMI, not BMI, BMR calculator, BMR, BMR calculator. Yeah. Total. You really want a TDEE calculator, total daily energy expenditure calculator. Uh, I'm actually, uh, working on a project right now, going through all this stuff, but, um, you can use the NIH body planner. That's my, that's my buddy, Kevin Hall. He designed this thing. It's, it's kind of, uh, correlated to his, um, a lot of his studies that he's done, but that'll give you a base for it. Now, the, the thing is I, I tell everybody you do these calculators. They're, they're an estimate, right? Uh, the basal metabolic rate calculators are generally within like 10% accuracy, 
The problem is, is when you start doing the total daily energy expenditure, a lot of us, uh, I always think I'm lying. I always think I'm lying. I'm always like, I'm the most active guy ever. And then I'm getting like 3000 steps a day average or something. I know. So, so you got there's an activity calculator because then it multiplies it by your basal metabolic rate. And, uh, I don't know, like, yeah. So so guys that are like power lifters, like, yeah, I work out every single day, but then you're at like a sedentary office job. You're probably light, you know, light sedentary. You just gotta, you gotta make sure. So this place is a good, good place to start with an estimate. But, um, in general though, like I always tell people, it's usually go up by a couple hundred calories for the, like you, we could talk about how long you should diet. I mean, in general, six months is like the longest I generally have people do. I have those with a lot more, sometimes lose uh, longer. Six months is the longest, but in general, we like stopping it around, you know, eight to 12 weeks, 12 weeks is pretty good. Go for, go for 12 weeks of maintenance. And that, that makes it a lot longer process. So for someone like you, when you're in your journey, that probably, I, I think that probably would have been too short. Um, uh, Cause I, I know that would have been frustrating for you in the beginning. Well, I, I mean, but look, here's the deal. Would it have been frustrating? A million percent. But it took me 15 years to even find a plan that, that actually had gains that never went the other way. Did you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And it, it would, it would have just been a convincing you of that. Because uh, John said the same thing. A lot of my patients say the same thing. I wish I, I think maybe I wish I would have done this like this. And I'm like, yeah, I think hindsight's always 2020. And yeah. if I could, if you were a robot and I could program you and just say, look, this is going to be a, a two-year process. You'd have been like, fuck you. I'm gone. I want this in six months. Maybe. I don't know. I, maybe I could have convinced you. Maybe uh, uh, maybe I could have convinced you, but. I don't. But I, th- I think the only way. And look, again, <laughs> like I, this is what I think is the best. I'm not saying anybody has to do this. It's completely up to you. But, but I will say that I went through everything you can go through in dieting other than having like my stomach size reduced through surgery. That's the only thing I didn't do everything else I've done and everything else was a lot more of a struggle. The, the, the biggest relief to me was like relaxing into the idea that this is not, nothing is going to be changed immediately. It's all a very long drawn out, you know, this whole fucking thing, lifestyle, what a cringy word lifestyle and like mindfulness. I hate these words. I, I, you're in LA though. You're in LA. I'm surrounded by by it. Yeah. I'm surrounded by the idea of like lifestyle means, you know, going to have a tea elixir and doing yoga. And I'm like, going to Whole Foods. yeah, none of that is for me. I'm not doing any of that. Or no. like, you know, there's a restaurant where like you tip by, by having like positive thoughts or something like that. Everybody pays whatever they feel like the meal's worth and everything's named like positivity and light and enhancement. And I'm like, yuck, I don't want any of that crap. I want to, I want somebody to like, you know, tell me I'm a fucking asshole and then throw my steak on the table. That's what I want, you know, and, and that's what makes me feel good. But the reality is 
it is lifestyle and it is mindfulness and all these things if used in a non-cringy like hippy yeah. dippy way that's Kumbaya. the way to do it yeah i mean that's, that's with, the whole I'm game i'm with you yeah i'm with you that stuff is so cringy uh yeah i mean the, the good thing is we're doing this podcast i hope there are people listening going i, I know there are people listening because i get messages about your podcast all the time i found you on podcast so there are people right now that have 100 200 pounds 300 i don't know how many 100 pounds they, they have to lose uh, think about this. Uh, think about all the ways you've dieted and they failed. Now, if you can just understand this long-term mindset that Ethan's talking about, that's finally helped him get success. This is what helped. I, I don't know any of my patients that, um, that don't kind of do this now. So, uh, if you can figure this out, and understand, you know, three, six months, I, you know, in the beginning, six months at the longest I would take, and then really just take a good maintenance. Um, and again, maintenance is going to be a few hundred calories, could be up to 500 calories, it could be a little bit more, depending on how much you're working out too. Um, and, and just hold on there for, we tend to say as long as you've dieted, but uh, for someone that went six months, I wouldn't have the maintenance for like six months, uh, you know, uh, probably less than that. But work on your strength, get back into the, get back feeling good and then go at it again, really holding on to that muscle, working on your fitness. That's, that's a general recommendation. Yeah. Okay. Um, one of the other things about this that I want to talk to you about is, um, the idea of community and like mm -hmm. you are a perfect guy because just you creates a community community is just more than one person so somebody goes to see you becomes a part of your practice there's their community they can communicate with you and it's not just them in their head one of the other things that has tripped me up over the years is just that at times where i'm just figuring out shit for myself and going yeah that that makes sense i'm just going to do that um i have not been super successful because I quite often will make a decision with a plan and then at some point talk myself out of that plan. And, uh, and then I'll have my wife going like, you know, Hey, what happened to your plan? And I'm like, no, no, no I have a new plan. <laughs> um, and I find that with guys like you, it's, it's good to, 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 to have somebody who's almost a place of authority or something like that, where they can, they can be a sounding board, but also like, Hey, I see what's happening. I get it. Let's get back on track over here for people who cannot necessarily afford you or uh, a program like that. Is there, is there a way for people to just have this with a spouse or, have this with a friend or team up with somebody and, and yeah. go about it that way. Yeah. You know, okay. So it's, it's hard because uh, family and friends can be sabotage. They can sabotage you. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's true. Yes. Not intentionally. So you have to have what I, you know, I'd call it a crucial conversation. There's this book called crucial conversations where you know, what to do when shit hits the fan. And, and you, you have to have like kind of a heart to heart saying, you know what, I really have this goal. I, if I could have you on my team, absolutely. The spouse should be on board. Now, ideally the spouse kind of changes their lifestyle with you. There can be this ripple effect. What we see in like studies where one spouse will go into a program and the other spouse just by proxy will start losing weight a little bit just because so, but ideally, ideally you would have your spouse on board. 
but I, I, so many times I've had patients be like, Nope, my spouse wants to keep these, in, these foods in the house. Cause of the kids, it's like, why do you keeping that shit in the house anyway? And I know the kids are screaming, they want the stuff, but they, that stuff resolves quickly when you don't have it, you don't have it in the house. So like, and you just, if you, I can't have this stuff in the house. If I, if it's around, I'm going to eat it. It's, it's, that's what the food is addictive, like whatever you want to call it. So we're drawn to that food. So if you can get the spouse on board, you're cooking together, uh, or, or she's, if she, or you are making the food, you guys have the similar, uh, plan together goes a very long way. If you don't have a spouse, whatever partner, it doesn't matter. A friend, a friend, a workout partner would be great. You see, you see places like CrossFit. The reason CrossFit did so well is because of their, their little boxes that everybody starts cheering each other on. They keep you accountable. They start calling you if you start missing the, the workouts. And then a lot of them help with nutrition too. It may not be the greatest nutrition, but it's, you know, it, it's, it's something uh, oftentimes. So, yeah, I, you know, I've, I'm actually been trying to figure out a way to somehow make this affordable. We have, we have our apps obviously, but it's, that's a, it's artificial intelligence, you know? So uh, it's not an actual. No, but that's a good point. The apps are, I think the apps can act like that because the apps are also objective, right? The apps, the apps are only using the data you're giving them. So if the app starts spitting back feedback that is like, well, this isn't what I want then you just go like, okay, I'm messing up somewhere. I, yeah. I think apps are pretty good and they're, they're, they're inexpensive too. They're, they're, they definitely have their spot. I mean, ideally, you know, if, if you're struggling, you'd have someone to talk to, you know, we have our coaches, but again, not affordable for everybody. Um, I, you know, I used to just take insurance in a clinic. So anybody could have seen me. I don't do that anymore, but, and doctors are kind of rushed now. If you go to see a regular doctor, they're like, what, what are you here for? They're not even looking to pass the, the screen, the computer screen. They're typing, typing stuff. And, and honestly, get, who knows what you're going to get from a doctor now? No. One doctor could say go carnivore. Another could say yeah. go vegan. And, yeah. you know, I think mostly they say just eat a balanced diet, I would think. Yeah. Uh, but it, even means, that, it, just, it means nothing. Right. It, it just it's 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 pretty bad out there. <laughs> right. We, you know there's obesity. So I, I do want to give a shout out. There's, um, you know, I'm an obesity certified specialist there. There's a website, abom.org. At least, you know, they went through some uh, process to get obesity certified. I can't attest to, you know, you can get all sorts of specialists who are just horrible. So like, I, I can't say that they're going to be great, but um, they're probably going to be better than your general family doctor internist uh, in the clinic. So yeah, there are options there are options out there. I, I wish, um, I, there, there are little support groups too. You can find, uh, on Facebook. There's some great free, they're free Facebook support groups. Uh, some, some, if you ask like a, a newbie question, they can attack you, but other ones are very supportive. So you, you're going to have to, if you go and search, you could find some really nice ones, uh, out there. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Uh, and just, yeah, speaking of that, I did a, I did a thing for on something called Marco Polo's channels, which, uh, out of that grew, um, a Facebook support group, and I think it's called Ethan Suplee's Fail Better Face Group Support Facebook. I don't have Facebook, so I'm never on it. So nice. I've never been on it, but I know a bunch of the folks that were doing this started a support group. 
and I, 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 they were all super, super nice. And I would, and all doing different diets, just like, yeah, helping each other out by communicating. So Good. if if you want to go check that out too, you can check that out. Perfect. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Something like that. That That's what I would say is a great, a community is actually very important. Uh, it's hard to do it by yourself. I mean, some people do obviously, but that's also part of the whole environment thing that drives us to regain weight. Yeah. I think, it, I think community can be daunting in a number of ways. Like, I have a little part of me that's like, I'm a dude and I'm tough and I'm going to do it on my own. And then I have another part of me where I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I need to talk to somebody about this or I need to read a book and then work on it in my head a thousand times and still not be totally sure of what I'm doing. Um, uh, but there's OA, um, Overeaters Anonymous. And there's, mm. and I, I think that, the thing to realize um, being a sober person and also trying to white knuckle sobriety at times is that in these groups, I would say 99.9% .9 of the people have been through what you've been through and are really just there to be of service and also uh, have you as a, a a part of a, a larger whole that strengthens them. And so there's nothing to be daunted about checking out one of these groups. If for one second, you think I'd like to talk to somebody who, you know, a lot of times our spouses aren't really uh, aware of what this is. You know what I mean? My wife never had to deal with being overweight. Like I did. She, she does like a few pounds here or there, and that's a big deal for her. I'm not taking that away and making nothing of right. it but it's not the same. And, and, but I, I say that and I say, even her, she has like a little group with her friends where they're checking in and they're all doing some plan together and, and, you know, talking about maintenance too. So she has her version of that. Um, but I, I think that's really cool. Um, I, I think going back to maintenance that it, that it, let's talk through again about the benefits of this because, you say 12 weeks of dieting, 12 weeks of maintenance, this is going to really send some people into a headspin because you're, you're presumably doubling at the minimum, whatever they're looking at. Um, and it's that, but I also want to say if somebody has been in a severe, a, a severe calorie restriction, and they're going like, I should do a maintenance. I should, this is, this is making sense to me. I should do that right now. Do they just do the calculation and then shoot 10% lower? Yeah, that's a good question. They could, they could absolutely do that. You, you told me this when we first started chatting, when you started um, Dr. Isratel's uh, plan when people go from a very low calorie diet, so they're, they're, they may be on an 800,000 or whatever, a thousand calorie diet and just drinking shakes all day. Again, that's fine. That's one of the tools we use in obesity, a, a fast weight loss in the beginning can be very uh, helpful for long-term weight loss. Um, when they go up to maintenance, they're going to gain right away five or so pounds. And it's fluid, it's glycogen. So I do want to make sure everybody understands that you experienced that when we chatted. I remember I've experienced, like, oh. I, I, I experienced that every time I go yeah. and, every and time it's you're, always a bummer. Yeah. You're like, what the hell is this? It's, it's, 
it can be a, a mind trip a little bit. So I, I want to make sure everybody knows that will happen. Do not be scared. It will happen. The key is, is does it slowly start increasing more and more and more? And you got to have some sort of buffer in there to go, all right, I'm clearly eating more than what my maintenance is now. So you can calculate it. Um, the thing is when you're at that very low calorie level, uh, going up just by a couple hundred calories per day is, is that's not going up to main or like a, a week. Usually people do it. We go like a couple hundred calories to 400 calories and then see what you do over the course of a couple of weeks. That's not going to be enough to get you to maintenance. Uh, you could trial that, but it's going to take you a while if you're on a very low calorie diet. So uh, doing the calculation is a way to do it. Sometimes I just set people up with like, all right, add 600 calories to what you're doing right now. If they're on a very low calorie diet and then see how they do, they'll gain that five pounds. And if they're kind of stable, still feeling hungry, we'll increase it by another couple hundred calories per week until we make sure that they don't gain like 10 pounds then. And the, you'll, you'll feel better. Energy will come up. Uh, libido will start increasing. You know, some people experience some like erectile dysfunction and stuff like that. Women, uh, their periods may be off slightly. Uh, but once you once you start increasing uh, the calories, you get to maintenance. You're gonna just, you're just gonna feel a lot better. You're gonna know. And as long as you don't see that scale continuing to just go up, you'll see that five or so pounds initially. But you shouldn't continue to see it go up. Uh, that's, right. that's the key. So that so that that this is one of the hardest things too. Um, I guess understanding the difference between you know look i guess it's all weight gain but the difference between um water and fat like i've talked to friends who are like i gained 10 pounds on christmas day and i'm like okay then did you just go back to your thing and it went away and they're like no because that was enough to derail me 10 pounds i gave up and i'm like there's no way you gain 10 pounds of fat in a day. It's not, I mean, I can't, that's 35,000 calories yeah, yeah. It's not that I don't think your body could process in a day. You, you just no. make yourself sick. Um, so could we talk about that for a minute too? Because I think a lot of the areas where, where I'm really set up to succeed now due to long drawn out maintenance periods are things like holidays or the few i mean very few times a year that i just go like i'm gonna eat a pizza um yeah that weight gain or that spike that you might experience the next day or thai food thai food gets me every time because i think what's your favorite thai food what's your what's your go-to jitlada on sunset it's incredible dude it's it's incredible and and especially when my kids come home, they all go to school in different States. When they come home, that's their thing. And they're like, when are we eating gelato? And I'm like, Oh God, we got to do this again. But then I love it. Um, <laughs> but I won't get on the scale the next day because I yeah. know it's going to be like shockingly different. Yeah. But I also know now that's not fat. So it's not going to, I'm not going to, if I do get on the scale and I see it, it's almost like funny, not really. Um, yeah, but like, it's not, this isn't actually that funny. Yeah. It's, 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 so, it's so weird because I, I can see it from like four different points of view where I'm like, one point of view is like, my life is over. Another point of view is like, God damn, I can hold a lot of water. Um, and then another one is like, this is a real reason to get 
to be a hundred percent diligent today. And then there's another voice that's like, give up. That's it. Yeah. You're done. You don't have to yeah, do this. I, I call it the all or, all or nothing mentality. You know, like, you know, if it was a planned, we call it like a planned deviation. Some people call it cheat meal. I, I don't like to use that. Like a planned deviation from your, from what you're usually eating, you know, just you do that. It, you, some people use the, the popped tire analogy where it's like you popped one tire it would be like popping the rest of your tires, just giving up. I, you know, I've done that. I've done yeah. shit like that. Yeah. All or nothing mentality, whatever we get, we get, uh, we don't get a hundred percent in a class or a 0% in a class. We, you know, get A's, B's, C's kind of in between there. So it's all, it's kind of a spectrum. So I'd, I'd have people who are listening to this going like, look, you're going to have a, you have a deviation from your usual meal plan. You're going to gain, you could gain anywhere five, 10 pounds. Yeah. It's, it's possible wrestlers who, who cut weight. We used to see it all the time. Uh, same kind of thing. It's like, Holy cow, that's salt, you know, holding glycogen in your muscles from carbs, salt, uh, in, 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 in fluid in the rest of your tissues. It's possible. So then, so then you go back to your usual eating pattern, but slightly higher calories. And, you know, like you said, the salt, uh, uh, changes fluid will start coming off that's where you that's why the happy scale and just continuing to monitor it's a long-term process one meal isn't going to make or break one day isn't going to make or break your whole whole diet like you said it's 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 i don't know anybody that's eaten thirty-five thousand uh calories in a day i mean i i think i might have eaten like i don't know how many i i I can imagine maybe I've gotten up to the six or eight thousand calorie range. For sure, I I remember when Michael Phelps was talking about ten thousand a day, and hard I was to like, know if it's true or not. I have no idea. Yeah, it seemed, seemed like a lot, but even when you went through everything he ate, and I was four fifty at the time, I think, or four hundred, and I was like, I don't eat that much. That's crazy yeah. when they went through what he eats in a day. Yeah. The, the, I think that might've been a McDonald's, uh, <laughs> might've been a, an ad for McDonald's. I'm not sure. It was like a bunch of McMuffins or something. I don't even. Yeah. Don't and, and, and pancakes and bacon. And all, it, it was just like the dude eats like a little kid who's been starving and then released at, you know, the cheesecake factory. That's what it sounds like his diet is, but he's also swimming all day long. So he's yeah, burning I a mean, lot of that, but I, I, I don't know about, 10,000 calories but that's what I'm saying like that's not even that's not even a third of what you need to gain 10 pounds in a day right yeah think of it yeah don't think of it as fat just think of it as fluid you're gonna you know maybe you do this what you did don't don't jump on the scale the next day just just understand it's probably up but if you do know that it's fluid and watch it over the course of the week go back to what you're doing before um uh, but now again holiday seasons come and you and yeah. you and you wind up taking two weeks totally off with this kind of wanton attitude towards food and you're just like i mean honestly the most lascivious memes are yours so i know you know what i'm talking about yeah um and you're doing stuff like that and and that could be that that you could put on you could do some damage i think in a few weeks um but yeah but even if it's just like a few meals over the course of a few weeks, I don't think it's that damaging. No, no, that's uh, people need to think of weekly energy balance instead of daily energy balance or meal energy balance. Like who can't like in the, in the grand scheme of things, when it averages out over a week, 
yeah, if, if you just go, if you just said, screw it, and you ate pizza every single day with burgers every single day, yeah, you just undid a lot of process that you, you did. But if it's just a meal, a couple, a few times in a week uh, during the holiday seasons, you're going to see a fluctuation due to salt and whatever, but very minimal fat, it, not much at all. Yeah, I, I, I know that um, when I tried for a moment to do the four-hour body, I think that's what it was called. Yeah. And, and he introduced me to, and it was like a kind of a mild diet, to be honest with you. It wasn't yeah. super hardcore. And then it was like, and Saturday you go to town. I could ruin the week on a Saturday yeah. easily, but I wasn't, I wasn't gaining weight. It was almost a weird version of maintenance just because yeah. I was like, why isn't this working? I'm doing exactly what the guy said. And then I started to gain weight a little bit. And I was like, forget this is a waste of time. I'm trying to get a book deal. Uh, I want to, I want to make an anti-fad diet book. I, I'm so sick of the f- just bullshit out there. So yeah, uh, it's just, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Eat whatever you want. Eat whatever you want in a day. And, and then, and then I went down to a meal, but even that meal, I would hyper visualize it all week. And I would wind up eating so much that I would make myself sick. Like, <laughs> If my wife wanted to do anything Saturday night after dinner, there was no chance because I was like damaging myself. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to get a pizza from this place and a couple cheeseburgers from this place. Yep. And there was a place in uh, um, Eagle Rock that would put uh, pastrami on a cheeseburger. And I was like, I'm definitely going there. And I would do this and then I would try to eat as much of and and it just it became really disgusting. Um the one meal still was better than the whole day because you know i could do less damage in a single meal than i could over the course of the day but it still didn't it's it didn't work out in the long haul Um, it didn't boost your metabolism no they probably said something about oh it's gonna boost your leptin it's gonna do this and it just doesn't matter like that's that's why i'm so sick of this crap out there yeah i i think that the like you know when I think about the the little fine tuning stuff, I'm like, okay, if, if, if you're, if you're at a point where you're like, my only problem is that my cow wasn't super happy during its lifetime. And the energy is now having some adverse effect on me. If that's it, like if everything else is fine, but like the cow's energy is throwing you off or, you know, the bone meal that's being used to plant your tomatoes is not of a pastured nature, or you want to make sure that none of the, the small critters that normally are killed during vegetable agriculture, you know, something like this, everything's hydroponic, no bugs are getting in there. So we're not killing any other life forms in our vegan diet. Um, I'm like, okay, but I hope everything else is fine at that point. You know what I mean? Like if you're trying to solve, if you're 400 pounds and you're trying to solve that by, by like making sure that the cows are, 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 and I'm not saying cows should be, listen, I'm not saying that all of our factory farms are good. I I think cows, I, 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 I listen, I love to eat them. And I'm just saying there's got to be at some point, we've got to like go, what, what are we trying to solve here? You know, are, is it an ethical matter? Is it, is it, is it a moral issue where we're looking at this? Like, those are two different things in my opinion. 
or am I trying to yeah. handle the fact that I'm 400 pounds or in my case, 550? Like, I, you know, I, I just think at some point the, the, the goal or the, the thing that you're going like, oh, well, this is the issue. Maybe dig a little more. Maybe there's another issue that you got to deal with too, you know? Yeah. yeah. 100%. No, I, I'm with you, man. And, um, and okay. So back to maintenance one more time. We've talked about if you're in a severe caloric deficit that you bump it up and, uh, and come out of it maybe gradually because it can be startling. We've talked about five pounds in glycogen. Those are good to know. Can be more. It can, can be more. I just, I, it, it, the key would be like, you're going to see a bump, but then that bump over the course of like three to four weeks shouldn't keep going up. Right. It should be kind of a, a, a little bump. And then as you keep increasing, if you start seeing, if you're increasing your calories and, and whatever, and you start seeing a slow, gradual increase, that's where you go, okay, maybe I need to stop for a second. Right. And, and what about the time? What, what, what is the deal with the time where you say like, if you've been dieting for 12 weeks, you should do 12 weeks of maintenance. So it really depends. So this is where I kind of deviate from like the RP, you know, despite being an RP doctor, I, I, I deviate with my patients with obesity because like really like it could be three to six months. They would say, don't go past three, three months, 12 weeks or so. I would say three to six months if you have a lot of weight to lose. Uh, and then if, if you've been dieting for six months, I would, I would, I think it's fine to take, I don't, I wouldn't take six months at maintenance. I would take two to three months. If you have a lot of weight to lose and, I, and a lot of weight to lose is in that. Oh, you're saying they can diet for three to six months, not maintenance diet, for three to six months, diet for three to six months. And then I would probably maintenance for three months. Um, and then go at it again really focusing though, like you said, on, on, if I could get everybody to resistance train, I think that's going to make a huge difference in weight loss maintenance. The studies, you know, they're not a slam dunk, but it makes sense. Physiologically, you're, you're gaining muscle. You have more muscle to then move, uh, more muscle to then move while you're working out or just during your normal daily activities, which then changes what we call this energy gap. Uh, you can eat more calories. You have more of a, you have more uh, tissue to then shuttle your gl uh, glucose to and put glycogen into and, and use it for fuel. So it makes sense physiologically in multiple avenues, but um, uh, yeah, three to six months, take three months off, not off, but maintenance practice on practice, keeping that scale weight within like that 10 pound uh, buffer range, five to 10 pounds, focus on strength. Um, then again, after three months, take a, take a three, three months, depending on how much weight you have to lose three, maybe six months at the most. If you have a list, again, still a lot of weight to lose. And then again, take it off. And then eventually you're going to get to a point where you're like, you know what? Um, your goal may be to get even leaner, but it's just too miserable to do it from hunger standpoint. And, you know, it's something between you and your doctor, but metabolically, if you're really healthy, it may not be worth trying to get much leaner unless you know you have physique goals like you. And sometimes I add medicines if if the hunger is just so bad. But like uh, that that that's where you, that's where you get into. You focus on your fitness, focus on maintenance. You start working on different goals. Um, but yeah, three it, three months or so. Is there any rule about I've you know I look at I've looked at all the charts of like the BMI 
which I'm overweight still, unfortunately. So am I, according to the BMI. So it's it's all right. right. And you're very lean. You're yeah. You uh, as long as I've known you, you've you've been very lean. You hold that lean state. Yeah, right? I hold it pretty well. Yeah. Is there a any kind of a rule for where a person, how a person figures out how naturally lean their genetics are predisposed to keep them? Yeah, it's a good question. So my brother, I always talk about, he had abs in the, in utero. Um, yes. He's he eats, very lean too. I've seen eats a lot. He eats, I don't know. I swear he eats as much as I do. I may, he may not actually eat as much. We'd have to, I, I, I do eat a lot, but um, he eats a lot and he stays ripped year, year round. I mean, you can see him eating ice cream and nuts, but he eats a lot of vegetables and salmon. You know, you, you can see some of his meals that he must make up for those other times. He eats like tons of snacks and whatever but um some of that is what we could like primordial prevention like we we were very active very lean we had you know favorable genetics but like very he was lifting weights at like five years old so like some of that was programmed uh from earlier i like yoni friedhoff he's a obesity specialist doctor up in canada he talks about and i i agree with him what what's your best weight there's no ideal weight. Forget the ideal weight. There's no ideal weight. There's nothing out there. Like you have a lot of muscle now. Like your, your, your weight is above your technical ideal weight. You'll never reach what's deemed an ideal weight. It's no, just, I will. I will never reach what's considered an ideal weight. I never will. Despite, you know, being pretty lean. Just to um, get into the, by the way, when I was doing eight hours a day of cardio and starving myself, I wasn't anywhere near my ideal weight. Like the, I, that, that yeah. using the BMI as a indication of ideal weight for me, I got rid of that a long time ago because it was, I, I went and saw Dr. Heisenga, who is, who was the doctor on the biggest loser oh, yeah, yeah. at one point, 10 or more years ago. And he weighed me and he was like, you got a lot of weight to lose. And I was like, what do you mean? I've been killing myself. And he said, no, you need to be way down here. And then he dexed me and he came out shocked. And he was like, you don't have to lose any more weight. But like the, 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 the gross number immediately, his go-to was you need to lose a bunch yeah. more weight. We're going to put you on a plan. I don't, I don't know even what kind of specialist he is, but that, that's, that's why you're not like the BMI is strictly supposed to be used as a screener, a screening tool. That's super simple calculation. You got the fitness people will say, throw out the BMI completely. Cause most people that are into fitness, they're going to have more muscle and uh, they're going to be in that, you know, maybe over overweight to, uh, class one obesity range. Um, with, with the BMI, you, most, most people that have some muscle, they're going to be in that overweight range just because so fitness people don't like it, or I should say bodybuilder fit physique type of people, not necessarily like runners, runners will have a lower BMI, but, <laughs> and then you got what, like the healthy at every size, health at every size, uh, crowd, they'll be like, BMI is completely inaccurate. It's like, no, on a population level, it's pretty good as a doctor. It's okay to screen somebody, but you should absolutely look at the individual in front of you and 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 decide do they have muscularity do they have a decent amount of muscle maybe it's not so accurate that's where you start using a waist circumference and you can see if there's where they're storing fat or or where they're storing their weight so if you came in i, I your legs are pretty lean um uh we could have done a, a waist circumference and then before saying anything we probably it would have been good to do a DEXA, but you don't have to do even do a DEXA. You could do a waist circumference and then look at somebody's labs and go like, 
yeah, I don't. How do you feel? Are you hunger? Are you, are you miserable? Do you have a Do you have a libido? Like I said before, like if you're maybe you need to gain some weight because your libido is so low, um, or you have blood sugar issues, blood pressure, then maybe we should continue to try to lose weight. All those things need to take a um, those those play a role. So you, you, there's there's no like ideal weight. We all come in different shapes and sizes, and we have different set points. Uh, for where our bodies want us to be and settling points, depending on where our environment is, you know, somebody that lives on an Island uh, where they, they have to go basically fish for their food and gather their berries or there's, they're, they're, they're going to be lighter no matter what, it doesn't matter what their genetics are uh, versus that same person in like a, an urban area um, surrounded by a lot of yummy foods that what's that, what's that Thai place you like? Yeah. They're going to that Thai place. Yeah. So, you know, something like that. But yeah, the, the doctor uh, should not be saying, hey, you, you have a lot of weight to lose based on some ideal. There is no ideal. If they say that, they're just lying and they don't understand obesity. Yeah, I think it, it there there becomes it becomes there's all this, you know, it's a mess in my head, too. But it's like I, I pick a, an arbitrary number and. I, tr- I aim for that arbitrary number and everything is about this number. And then I still get to that number and want to lo- keep losing. And so, <laughs> and, and so there's no, I, 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 I've had an, a number of times where I'm like, I, I have no idea. I don't know about what if a number is or, a, or a pant size or like how I feel, how, how does that play a factor? What I should be? I don't know what, like none of this, it's just, so the easiest um, metric is a number like, and I've, I've been talking to somebody recently who has this, like, they must hit this number. And, and a lot of it is about the BMI where they're like, I just want to be at the top. And, and honestly, this person is, is, is basing it on whether they are some days a half an inch taller than other days. So they're taking the lower number and going like, nope, I'm, I'm going to say just for honesty's sake that I'm shorter than I typically am. Yeah. And I need to get into that bracket. And I'm like, why? Yeah. It means nothing. Yeah. The, the patients will be like, I want to be this way. And I'm like, why? Well, because that would be my BMI or that's what I was in high school. I'm like, who gives a shit, man? Like, well, and also like, if it's something about high school, it's like, what was your, what was your muscular build in high school? I imagine that was different. I, you know, even me, I, I was much heavier in, in high school. Well, maybe not. I mean, I quit high school at 14, but, I, but, but I know that I, I know that life wasn't the effort that it has become, you know, and, and yeah. I think there's a lot of different factors in that, but I, I in high school had a lot more energy than I do now. So I just think my composition was different, even though I was covered up with a lot of fat still. Um, but yeah, the, the numbers game, I think it's an interesting tool specifically for progress and to track progress. But at the end of the day, these numbers are meaningless. I think a, a pair of pants is a more meaningful goal than a number what if you get into the yeah you get into the pants and it's like this is awesome and i feel great and you get on a scale and you're like but i need to lose three more pounds it's like who cares yeah that makes no sense if you feel good you 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 feel comfortable you're you you got energy your labs are looking good no what the hell yeah and we can kind of 
have you ever started somebody on a diet with maintenance? Have you ever said the first thing we're going to do is yeah, maintenance? Yeah, so the, these are the people that are chronic. So I get these chronic dieters that come to me. These are the patients, the, the women that have irregular periods. These are the, the guys with low testosterone due to excess dieting, ironically. So sometimes you can have it from obesity. There's all sorts of causes of, of low testosterone, but um, I get a lot of guys with secondary hypogonadism. It's, it's uh, secondary to their chronic dieting and they're too thin almost they're fasting too much. They're just, yeah, their testosterone's like 200 or something. I'm like, Hey man, let's, let's actually like bump up your calories. Uh, and all of a sudden their testosterone goes up to the five hundreds and they feel great. So yeah, women, the periods come back, not always, unfortunately, but, um, yeah, uh, that's a, that's the diet culture thing. So, you know, there's people that think dieting's bad because of diet culture. Well, dieting's not bad. It just needs to be done for the right person and in the proper manner, uh, with, with the risks and benefits, the harms and benefits discussed. Um, but you know, yeah, there are chronic dieters that absolutely need to go. You need to stop dieting, like psychologically, physiologically, everything stop dieting. And we take them to maintenance and then they, we work on their fitness. Other people who've been trying to lose weight for a long time and they feel frustrated. You know, again, I'm not going to tell them they're lying about their calorie intake, but we go, let's, let's just take the focus off the scale. Like it's, it's driving you nuts. I don't, I don't know, like I can't confirm, but I bet the house that you're eating a lot more than you think you are, even though you say you're eating 1200 calories, but whatever, let's go to, let's, let's stop dieting, you know, eat, eat a healthful dietary pattern, but uh, let's focus on getting stronger and working on your fitness. Um, I had a friend who who started counting calories um, because at one point I said, like, I'm really figuring out because I'd never thought about calories or I hadn't thought about calories as an adult ever. And then I was like, I'm going to look at this. What is this? I'm, and I'm figuring everything out. Everything's getting weighed and measured and all of this. And it was honestly a bit of a nightmare at first. Um, and I was right. I didn't know about the apps. I was writing everything down. And then I would come up with a figure that was always off and I had to redo my math multiple times. And then I had a friend who was like, I'm going to do that too. And everything was eyeballed. And I was like, I don't know that you're really doing that. I, you know, I can't intuit how many calories are in that without weighing it. I probably could now, but even with like a cup of rice that I would scoop myself, I would then have to weigh it because I could cram a lot more rice into that cup than is 40 grams of carbs worth or 200 calories, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, 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 I had a patient that said they're eating 1200 calories and then I was looking at their food logs and, and it was like some Stouffer's lasagna. And I was like, how do you know how much you had? They're like, well, I don't know. I just put it in the thing. I'm like, you're eating twice as much as you think you are. I, I guarantee it. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't hate the idea of counting calories, but I, I, you know, the surprise to me at what a measured tablespoon of olive oil is when I had been eyeballing it for a long time, it's a, it's a big difference. I could easily have been eating a quarter cup of olive oil on a salad. And then there's a little leftover. So I'm going, well, well, I didn't even get my tablespoon, you know, cause there's (laughs) some in the bottom of the bowl. And meanwhile, the salad was closer to a soup than a salad. Um, It's, it's tough. Uh, I do like the way I'm doing it now because it's all been working for 
for the past year. And, and the only thing I'm really counting is carbs and, and a little bit of fats, but not even so much um, that I'm tracking that. Uh, and tracking carbs is, is really pretty simple. Right. As long as you're not going for, you know, that's the thing. It's like if they're pretty simple, uh, straightforward carb sources, not going for like pop tarts or whatever. You know? Yes. No, I don't, I don't really mess with that. I guess it becomes, you know, we're talking about this and that's the other thing that we have to take into consideration with, as we're talking about it is the nuance of the way somebody else eats. I can have no idea. I, I would never eat a pop tart ever. I would yeah. never buy a pop tart. I would never eat a pop tart. That's not something I'm interested in eating. I don't see the benefit in a pop tart. I also didn't like Pop-Tarts as a kid, in fairness. Yeah, so they're okay. I don't it's know. Just the, but this is like my, all my preference falls into it, too. I eat potatoes. I eat rice. I eat bread. Like, those are my tend to be my carb sources, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and those are all really easy to figure out. Pasta, yep. a cup of pasta is very easy to measure, yep. you know? Um and it's also easy to cheat if I'm cramming it into a cup. Uh, yeah. so or just sure pile it on your plate. Right. Yeah, exactly. Man, you can, you can do a lot of damage with that. Um, amazing. Dr. Nadolsky, thank you so much. I, I, I really think um, I, 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 I couldn't advocate for maintenance more. And again, I don't, I'm, I would never say like, you, you'll never make it without maintenance. I don't think that's true. I think yeah, people right. can do whatever, but I, I find it to be, such an such an easy thing that has helped me so much um that i really want to share with people yeah no absolutely i think everybody if they get into that mindset like you're doing they're going to be that much more successful yeah and and the the you know the other thing i think about is if i if i think about my goals i want to be I want it to be long-term, right? Long-term is long-term. So whether I get to whatever I'm going to be tomorrow and then have that forever, or it takes me a little longer, but I have it forever. I want it forever. And the idea that I'm going to make such radical changes to my behavioral lifestyle overnight or in the course of doing something that's really different than the way I plan on living. I feel like it's counterintuitive. So it's, it's an easy sale in that, in that aspect. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. All right, cool. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Anytime, man. Of course. And we got to hang out before I leave. Yes. You're leaving in August, August. Yeah. All right. We'll do it for sure. I'll come to you. I I owe you a trip. All right. You better get your ass here. All right. Thank you. All right. See you, man. Bye. And now for the Q&A. Hi, Jared. Dude, you're killing it. This is awesome. I say all of this to ask if it's crazy for me to do a PPL split. I used to lift and have success, but went on a seven-year maintenance. I just didn't know if I had to do full body since I took a long break for training. 
No, dude. PPL split is a great um, way to exercise. Uh, you don't have to. You don't have to ease into it by doing uh, full bro workouts. Will you say what a PPL split is for people? Push pull legs. Um, I've lately been doing legs push pull, and will often do push legs pull. But any way you shake it up, I found um, that some of the back work I would do would actually lessen my ability to lift heavy legs. So, But I found that the legs workout had no effect on my back at all. So that makes sense. This is meaningless to you, but he'll know what I'm saying. However you want to arrange it, there's nothing wrong. You don't have to, I mean, like, don't hurt yourself. Don't do anything, you know, use use principles of progressive overload and all of that. But, yeah, you should be fine. And it sounds like you are making a really um, positive and healthy change in your life. So I commend you and I say go to the gym and have fun. Thank you for the question. I'm sorry the dog was barking, so I was trying to pause around it. But there's no help. There's no saving this. If you have a question you would like me to answer on this podcast, please submit it to AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. Sincerely.